The following program features language some listeners may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Hip Hop Cymru Wales, a podcast exploring the trails and untold tales of Welsh hip hop. My name is Luke Bailey and I'm a podcaster, best known for the Fly Fidelity podcast. And I'm talking to key players about the notable and nuanced evolution of Welsh hip hop history. Welcome to the program. On this episode, we're joined by Lee James and Up Rock Addicts, Bryce Davis and Quam Jam. Known for rock and jams and events in Wales, collectively, they've each been responsible for upholding a golden standard in the art of breaking. On this wide-ranging podcast, we discuss their journeys, achievements, and unique perspectives on breaking. I go by the name of B-Boy Mealy. Um, I've been breaking now for over, over 20 years. I started off back in 98, and uh, I started off with a group called The Underdogs. Um, and we were known as the uh, the dance floor monsters because um, we were young at the time and hungry. And um, yeah, we represented at the uh, at the Welsh. Um, it was like a, it was like a big Welsh competition where um, it was all types of dance involved. But we were the only ones that were breaking. Um, we were the only boys that were there, pretty much. Um, and and we, we we took the win. Took the win back in 1999, um, and again we uh, we prepped the band, joined up with a couple of girls, and um, we took the win the second year then as well. But you know we blew the scene at the time because boys weren't doing that. I started, you know, we've all seen that, uh, we've all seen Run DMC, um, just like that. Seen a uh, seen break in there and thought, yeah, that's wild. That is, but never thought I'd be doing it. Um, but then yeah, we went to a it was a Tesco car park. It was in uh, in St Melons. Um, in Cardiff and we were there my sister was dancing with a group there you know it was only small like junior dancing and stuff um, and then a woman called uh, Bertha Williams she approached me and my boy who was out there with my mother we was at the time and um, she approached me and my boy and because we dressed kind of like urban kind of hip hop she's like I like the look of your boys have they ever thought about dancing and of course me and my boy turned our nose up and thought no, we ain't dancing dancing for girls like you know and then we seen uh, and then we seen one, one of my boys then now um, Chuggy and uh, Chuggy Tricks and uh, Fordy as well. Fordy was there. They were uh, holding it down on the mic and uh, holding it down on the floor. And we seen it and we thought, mm, okay. And, you know, and not only that, it was a couple of a uh, couple of cute girls there as well. And we thought, you know, when let's let's give it a try. Um, and yeah, the the rest is history. And we attended some classes then in Manakli Institute. Um, and you just kept kept going then once a week, and then it became twice. And then we had a competition. It'd be a bit more. And yeah, we got heavily involved. But at the time, I didn't see. I didn't know the scene or anything. I was young at the time. I wasn't out in the clubs or anything like that at all. Um, so yeah, what I seen is what what I seen from from the underdogs at the time. At the time, right. I thought the windmill was the best move ever. Like you know, 
And that's all I aspired to learn. I didn't know there was all sorts of crazy stuff going on. It wasn't until years later that I experienced all that. But um, at the time, yeah, that's what we were doing. Very dope. Very dope. You mentioned training. Where were you typically training? And what would have been some of those earliest lessons that helped you to blur that line between practice and purpose back then? So we train in like community centers and churches. Uh, we've done a few shows on, on, on farmlands and stuff, you know, so uh, floor was never an issue. If you can dance, you can, you can dance wherever. Um, so yeah, we, we would, we would learn moves off each other. Really. We, we, we were kind of self-taught, you know, we got the foundations, um, you know, from 40 taught us, a, you know, the basics of six step, um, and then from that, we developed our own characters and our own styles then. Uh, and we were all different. Even though we were trained the same way or learned the foundations the same way, we were all very much different. And it was a reflection of our, our personalities that we were able to bring out. Um, some of us had blow-up moves. Some of us had, like, spreads and, and spins and uh, so much flips. Um, and, yeah, we just combined them all in together then. And I was us then, a dance floor monsters then. What was your style back then? How would you describe your style? <laughs> I was a little wild, man, and uh, a bit untamed. Um, uh, for a very short period, I did go by the name of Animal, just because it was just, it was just all over. Like you know, I did just the music hits. I'd hold my breath and I would go down and do, do what I can in that short amount of time. Um, but over the years, it come a bit more refined. Then I learned to breathe um, and, and calm it down a little bit, but still have that explosive moves when, uh, whenever it, 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 it came up, if you know what I mean. Like you know, just to uh, just to impress. Love that, love that. And in terms of mastering footwork in those earliest days, what would have been some of the most important elements that you were learning and put into into practice back then? Well, for us, it started with the six step. It was always the six step. That's your, that's your foundations there, just to get you in the right, uh, in the right position to get into into to transition into all these other different types of moves. But it was a six step really. And from that, then you go to the three step, and you can mix it up then and go five step. You know, eight step um two-step as well as obviously transitioning between you know incorporating the power into that as well the spins and all the all the fancy flick up moves and stuff a couple of flips um but yeah i i i think yeah footwork is is probably the most important i i didn't get into the footwork i just learned the basics what i needed to to get round in order to get into these in, into these other moves see um but the style and the presence was more was more my thing um so yeah i've you know definitely took inspiration from obviously where i first started over in the bronx with all the americans um and well youtube and the internet and all that wasn't around back then see so we only had clips and videos and stuff of um the uk b-boy championships and stuff um and that was the only exposure we had we had literally one or two videos and that's it we watch it over and over again and obviously, as the internet become more prevalent in our lives, then and then we got to see what's going on across the pond, like over in um, in Asia and uh, you know it, Brazil and everywhere else, and all the different styles. You mentioned presence. When you think about your evolution in terms of you know your come up and visibility, can you recall entering any competitions around that time in the beginning that sort of became a benchmark? Yeah, probably my first one uh, would have been. Probably at the B-Boy Welsh Champs. That was the, the, the first biggest one we've done with purely just breaking, if you know what I mean, where there's other breakers and there's other people who are there who are, who are a lot more advanced than us. 
Um, and we went up against crews there and we battled as a crew. Um, there was eight of us and we went in and yeah, we just held it down. We didn't, we didn't win, but it was a, it was a, it was a learning curve at the time for sure. Cause I'd never seen or experienced anything like that. So, um, probably, yeah, I'd say, uh, the, the Welsh champs definitely was a, was a good one. And then off that then came Slam Jam as well. That was probably, uh, some of my favorite ones there, Slam Jam and, and, and Breaking the Bay. That's when I was more, I found myself, if you know what I mean. I, I calmed down. I started to think about my style more. Um, I went to a couple of uh, workshops as well by by prominent figures within the b-boy scene um, and picked up a few things from them, just the way they move and how they are. Um, and yeah, and, and started developing myself. Did you have any specific philosophy back then? Were you bringing any kind of philosophy to the battles and your routines? Um, not well. The battle mainly is within yourself you know you got to forget the people you're up against because they're they're better than you or maybe not better than you but everyone's fighting their own battle there like you know you the main thing is just to enjoy it and just 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 enjoy the process like you know and that's 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 why i find keeps it fresh even to this day um if you're not enjoying it what's the point in doing it so yeah no, so you're competing be. with yourself yeah yeah mainly He's just on the floor and just, you know, as I said, when I first started, I was holding my breath. I still elements of that now, to be honest with you. Uh, you hold your breath, you go down, you panic, you're thinking about other people watching you and you want to do big moves and show off and do all of that. But it's, it's not about that. Like, you know, it's, it's about enjoying the ride. And you're not, you're not there to show off the people. You're not there to, to be the best. Well, for me personally, anyways, I'm, you know, I'm not there looking to be the best. I know there's a lot of people who are younger, more fitter and, and could do a lot crazier stuff than I can. But... You know, the battle is in myself. Can I do X amount of windmills and, and transition into this move, into this move? And can I can I do footwork as well as keep my breath and have a dope style and something that makes everybody just want to watch me, if you know what I mean? For me, breaking, it, it's, it's given me a sense of, of self. It's kept me out of trouble because um, I, would, I would have gone down like, well, like, like one of my best mates, um, we started it together. Um, he stopped doing it, and he's gone down a very different path to I have. But we were best mates. We, you know, we were we were kidding. Uh, Chris, Chris Cross, remember them? Absolutely. Yeah, we were like that. We were like twins. We were each other's shadows. Like we were always together. Like, and he went down a, a very different path to me. But I, I, I enjoyed dancing so much um, that I wanted to keep my fitness. I wanted to keep myself away from trouble. So I'm able to dance. I felt like that has a much more well, of course, it has a much more positive, positive impact on, on the community, um, mm. on on my peers and on, on myself. You know, people in, ain't nobody want to get up to trouble when they come in to watch us dance. Um, mm. You know, when I'm dancing myself, obviously, you know, I, I don't want to get into all the drugs and drinking and stuff like that because that has it has an impact on my health. So, yeah, it's definitely taught me some uh, some life lessons just to respect myself and my own body. And you know, you only get one body. You you, you want to make it the best body you can, or make it last as long as you can anyway there's a self-discipline in that isn't it mm, for sure where does that come from a lot i suppose is what you know family have installed in me you know especially my mother she's been a a, a key part of driving force behind me being involved with breaking um she used to drive us to our to our sessions to train and stuff you know and she put herself out there like you know just to take time out of herself to focus on us and push us so um mm. yeah she was a massive support um but yeah there's no good you know there was a time you know back in the day where 
I, I used to smoke and stuff like you know and um it would have an impact on me i couldn't do the things i wanted to do because i, I couldn't handle it because mm. you know I, I i didn't have the stamina i didn't i was out of breath you know i was asthmatic mm. at the time so it really had an impact on me i was like you know i i, I can't do this one one's got to give so and obviously i chose the healthier option What's the story behind you performing on Michael Barrymore's show? How does that come about? <laughs> that was back in the day. That was that was just a, a one-off. We got approached when we were with um, with the underdogs at the time. You know, it, it was the whole it was the whole crew. Um, we got approached to see if we wanted to go on uh, my kind of people. Um, obviously, but at the time accepted. Um, we all wore all um, like army fatigues and stuff. Like you know what I mean. And we went nice. on and yeah, just performed the show like. What year is that? That was back in early 2000s, I was. That was when wow. we were first, yeah, starting. Different times. Obviously, a long time ago. Yeah, completely, completely. How would you sum up the fun. experience of doing that? Um, yeah, it was all right. It was, it was nice to to go and say, you know, I'm on TV and that's my family because nobody else in my family had ever been close to it to being on TV or anything like so um it's nice to be you know on that one that's on TV and not you know being in the papers and stuff as well um the local newspaper wrote an article about us you know I still got the picture as well like you know and uh looking a lot younger than I do now obviously <laughs> that's great <laughs> um but yeah no you know it, it was it was nice and you know to show your friends and, and school and whatnot that you're in the local newspaper and you're on TV and you're doing stuff um yeah, it just gives you a sense of uh, you're a somebody. And then when we danced on school as well as a, little, a, a talent show, uh, we danced in front of uh, Jamie Balsh. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a, he's an athlete, he is. Um, Jamie Balsh and Darren Campbell. And and yeah, they still remembered us five years. But no, actually, about 10 years after that, actually. Bumped into him one time and he, and he still remembered me. Like, you know what I mean? It's amazing. It's, it's, it's not for my good looks. I'm guessing it's... <laughs> For my skills on the floor at the time, like, like it had the impact on him, even you know, somebody who who is a celebrity, and had he seen some boys break him, which he probably never seen before in Wales, and and yeah, we had a, a lasting impact on him. Yeah, that's my one regret is that I didn't travel more. So you know, we went around the UK and stuff, went to Birmingham and and, and different places UK. Um, we went to when I was younger as well, out to Germany, um, to Bremen. Never heard of the place before, but went out there as well as a as a Welsh squad. Um and again that that blew my mind. That was back in two thousand and seven. Um that blew my mind because again it was it was a uh, seeing all these people with different skills and ability under one roof, like you know what I mean, especially a breaking side of things. Um it was yeah, it was it was it, it was crazy. Um but the one that really blew my mind was back in two thousand and twelve when we traveled out to uh, to IBE, the international breaking event. And that's big, and that's strictly breaking, if you know what I mean. And yeah. um, yeah, boy, that was some big heavy hitters there. You know, people who are who are, uh, well, they're athletes. <laughs> they are athletes, and 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 some of the stuff they do that that just took me to a whole nother level. Experiencing it firsthand, dancing alongside these people, um, and yeah, just watching how they get down and and, and do things. Um, people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different religions. It's all there under one roof, all representing hip hop, all there for one cause. Who is there? 
who were some of the breakers that were at that actual event? Uh, so you had uh, Nagin, which <laughs> dope b-boy, Brazilian b-boy, uh, really good with the flips, all the tricks, all the bloat moves, uh, b-boy gravity. Um, one of my favorite b-boys out there as well was Ize. Um, he is Japanese, um, as well as Taisuke. Um, yeah, uh, all out there. Um, b-boy Storm was out there as well. Uh, he's a he's an OG. He's a yeah, old school, um, but he's one of the pioneers. Again, he was out there. Um, yeah, there's, there's a there's a lot, a lot. But nice. you know, some of the standout moments was 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 is a the way he hit the beats. You know, everyone just went crazy in the room. It wasn't nothing really impressive, but you you know, it was just the way he carries mm. himself and how he was listening to the music, and uh, he was on point. And gravity coming up as well, doing a double backflip, and you know, also seeing that in, in the flesh without a sprung floor. That's uh, that's some skill there. Priceless, priceless. When you think about traveling in those two places compared to Wales and the community here, what is it that you think sticks out about Wales? What is it about the scene here that is so singular and special? So, Wales is uh, it's small. So it's a lot smaller, it's a lot more compact. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, everybody knows everybody, if you know what I mean. Within, uh, we know who the, not so much that we, I think we do need to, we do need to mix a lot more, to be honest with you. Um, but when we do mix, it's great. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. We had some key moments with like uh, Buffaloes, um, you know, a couple of clubs in the, in, in Cardiff City Centre. Goody Hugh was a good one as well. I was really good, really missed them. Going right back to uh, to higher learning to to red rooms, you know it's 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 always been there, um, and yeah, it's 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 special. You know, you bump into the same heads every time. You get the odd new people coming in every now and again, and whatnot, and they're always welcome. And I think Wales is a lot more. It, it's really friendly when you know when we get up and on it. It's 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 a, it's a real friendly, welcoming place. Completely agreed. Completely agreed. There's also a period where. You were teaching kids during and after school with Elemental Force. Having such a link to the past we're talking about and this responsibility to the future, how important has it been passing a torch to the next generation with your classes teaching? Oh, extremely important. Without us, there, is, there isn't going to be a breaking scene in Wales, which is, which is a shame because there are a lot of kids out there, a lot of talented kids who are waiting for something just to – just to get them out and you know not everybody likes to play football and rugby and whatever else that seems to be the go-to for everybody doesn't it but um breaking is 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 something special it's uh you, you don't need a ball you don't you, you don't need you don't need anything other than yourself um and with that comes you know it's just special to see the kids that are coming up when you teach them just 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 be confident you can have the quietest kid in the class and then you know by after six weeks or so, he's he's now become the best. Like you know, it's not the quietest, but when he's on the floor, he's he's an animal, and it's it's, mm. it's just nice to see a a kid not scared to be seen. Um, a lot of kids just shy away and whatnot, and usually the loudest ones in the room are the ones who 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 don't go into the center of the cipher and throw down. They, they'll just go up off on the side or whatever. But you know, I like the kids who are, who are the quietest ones who just need that little bit of a push. Um, and we need them. We need them to to carry on. Otherwise, it's, mm. it's, it's going to die out on Wales. You know, you got my boy Slamo. Um, I think you had him on the uh, on the podcast also as well. Um, yeah, no, he's 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 representing. He's he's doing a great job. He's brought down uh, 
uh, one of the best in the UK at the time, B Boy Mouse. Um, they do they got some things going on right now at the moment, and uh, yeah, I'm looking to get across and and, and help Mouse, you know, and, and and contribute a little bit, just plant the seed in his uh, in his kids and young adults. What are some of your favorite memories when you look back? Um, I'd say having in in, in inspiring the youth. Um, you know, for the way I dance, um, and uh, and the image, um, I don't know, kids, kids like take to me. They like to see me dance. They like that. Uh, not so that I'm like aggressive and 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 violent or anything like that at all. Like you know, but um, I guess the way I kind of dance, I I don't know. People like to see that, but then you know, they speak to me afterwards. Like, oh, actually, you're you're a nice guy. Like you know what I mean? I wasn't expecting that from the way you're dancing. Like you know, it's like, uh, and yeah, just uh, just just in in inspiring them it's been a few standard things i've done i went on there i went on tv as well on the on deal or no deal um ah. yeah yeah went on that one as well there so i was on there for something completely different obviously to try and win some money and whatnot um but i think it's the the dancing aspect is what's pushed me through to the live shows see um they asked me what my interests are and such, like, you know, and um, obviously I tell them breaking my interests and stuff. And they're like, oh, that's interesting. Talk to them a bit about that. And I shortlisted me right through then, got the golden ticket and got on the actual show. And whilst I was on the show then, uh, Noel Edmonds, who was the, uh, the host at the time, yeah. he just said, right, okay, um, are you a Jurekeen dancer? Um, do you fancy giving us some moves? You know, I had nothing prepared. I didn't even plan to dance. I was in jeans as well. I don't even like dancing in jeans. But um, I had no choice. It was, you know, it was just one of those, uh, one of those moments. Just had to take it. And yeah, had a little dance, had a little throw down there as well. Yeah, had a great time. So that was straight off the cuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I didn't plan that. He just literally just asked me if I wanted to do it. And yeah, I ain't gonna turn it down. I ain't gonna turn down a dance. Of course I will, especially on, on, on TV in front of millions of people. Why yeah, not? Of course. Well, what about your visibility in music videos? You do you you have done a few music videos, and I wanted to talk about those videos specifically. Can you talk about those? Yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, so first time I was approached, never done a music video before, didn't know what was involved or anything. So um, it was with the Asteroid Boys. So, um, yeah, I linked up with Tracks one time. Again, he was watching me dance. He was uh, he was impressed. He liked my style, liked the way I moved. He approached me and asked me if I wanted to be involved in a video. So, yeah, I jumped at the chance. I was like, yeah, of course, why not? Like, you know, I've, I've never mm. done a music video before, and it'd be nice to have something, something there I can look back on, like, you know? Um so yeah, I took part in that one. Um, I had a throw down. Um, I didn't realize how many takes they needed to do. So when I'm spinning doing a windmill, I'd done that 50 times prior to the one that I got on film. So yeah, you know, it, it was a lot of takes, a lot of doing. Yeah, I was, I was hanging at the end of the day, but it was, it was good fun. Like it was a good ride there. Everyone was buzzing. Um, and yeah, that was uh, that was good fun. So that's, that's, that's all there on YouTube as well. Astro Boys fall back. Um, you see me there, people immediately. Um, so that was that one. Um, also with uh, Toomey, Skunkadelic. Uh, again, you know, I, I've known Toomey for a while. Um, and and he approached me, yeah, same sort of thing, like the way I dance, thought I'd be fitting for the video. Asked me if I'd uh, have a little throwdown in front of the, um, uh, down by the museum. So it was on concrete. Um, wasn't really any music there or anything at all, but you know, you don't need any of that. You just, you just need yourself. And so, yeah, I just threw down and, 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 and dropped some moves down for the video there. So that's there available on the, that's also on YouTube as well there. So doing well with the, uh, with the, 
uh, the allergies. I'm hoping we can all come together and uh, um, bring it back um, to the way it was in Goody Who, where everybody's all together and just having a good time and just enjoying each, other, each other's company and vibing off each other, um, regardless of what you you can do, as long as you're doing something and you can contribute. So I'm 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 hoping it goes that way. I'm I, I don't know about breaking now though, because obviously, as you may have known, it's been entered into the Olympics now, so. I'm hoping there's going to be a lot more people coming through now who are going to see what's going on at the Olympics, see the level of skill that's out there. Um, I want to join, I want to learn, I want to be part of the movement. Up next, we're joined for a conversation with Cardiff's legendary Bryce Davis to talk about his breaking journey as tumbleweed and so much more. Uh, my name is Bryce Davis, aka B Boy Tumbleweed of the Uprock Addicts, um, uh, and yeah, I was sort of b boying actively from around kind of mid to late nineties um, through to through the two thousands, uh, and then I think um, sort of I got retired through a knee injury um, in the late two thousands. Uh, well, sort of around maybe 2010 or so, so something like that, maybe 2011. Um, I was still dancing then, but sort of kind of started to dip out a little bit more of the of the dancing scene so much that, you know, I became a dad and had a knee injury. So I guess I was pretty much active for that period there, sort of mid, late 90s through to the end of the kind of 2000, uh, up to 2011, 12. Um, represent Uprock Addicts, B-Boy Crew, Cardiff based um motley crew of uh of uh crazy characters uh pretty eclectic crew as far as b-boy crews go um I can go into that you know a bit later but um yeah one of the standout things for me uh and I think us as a crew was just the fact that we had such eclectic styles uh and characters as well some strong characters and um and you know a very much a self-taught b-boy crew um so a lot of the a lot of the crews kind of at the time were um so going back a little bit just like the 90s in general you know i'm sure like hip-hop in general and also especially b-boying were really creative time it was it was kind of coming out of the 80s where, you know, it was all <laughs> Sugar Hill Gang kind of uh, wild style Beat Street, um, right. you know. And then obviously, I think the late late 80s and early first half of the 90s, b-boying was kind of went really underground. Uh, a lot less people did it. Um, and I kind of got into b-boying around the time where it was still that period it was still like the dark period where it wasn't it hadn't taken off again um and the early influences for me and the guys I started with were 
those films, Wild Style, um, Breakdance 1 and 2, Electric Boogaloo, uh, Tur- Turbo and Ozone. I don't know if you remember those those films. Um, like they were the they were the films that got us into b-boying and um you know vhs you know they might have been one of those films was probably in fact it was i think was recorded on vhs on some like channel four two in the morning like really obscure kind of hip-hop sort of scheduled (laughs) scheduled thing and um recorded both those films so we were like copying turbo and ozone and trying to learn backspins on lino in the front room and doing headstands and stuff like that uh and then you know it was at a time where you had stuff like big daddy magazine um where you'd maybe catch a couple of uh photos of b-boys doing stuff um and uh like i think hip-hop connection might have been around at the time i can't remember but um yeah, like there was very little influence that you could really get hold of. And then we discovered like how to get hold of VHS tapes of Battle of the Year, um, which went through the 90s. So that was a big influence is looking at those those uh, videos. And those videos were also still that really um, like clashing kind of like, is it the 80s? Is it the 90s? It was like a really creative period where breaking went in all sorts of different directions and they there wasn't that sort of solid like foundation rule that there is now, which is good and bad. You know, you had crazy creativity coming through that period where sort of anything goes. And then, um, you know, later on into the 2000s, there was the big sort of movement of foundation and uh, bringing back kind of like reining it in a little bit and, and um setting up the foundations that that you should learn you know and the history and all that's a good stuff but at the time it also kind of stifled creativity a little bit so um so rambling on a little bit there the 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 crew uprock addicts was very much born of that time where everyone had mad different styles so you couldn't pigeonhole us as a crew we just came out with kind of a little bit loose and a little bit rough but but all really different, you know, which which I think was its strength. So we were together for um, Uproc Addicts kind of, I think was strong up until sort of maybe 2000 and, you know, in 2010 or so, something like that, um, where we sort of started to do our own things a little bit more and all grew up a little bit. But um, yeah, that was the, our sort of good solid, 10 to 15 year period of dancing as a crew and traveling and traveling all around the UK and traveling um, abroad and and battling. And, you know, that was our thing. We were always up for a, a, a mission to Birmingham or Gloucester or London or wherever the battles were and entering battles just for the experience and to call out other crews and, and um, throw ourselves in the deep end a little bit. Um, Bristol, we had a good, a good connection with the Bristol scene Um and yeah, that was well, that was what it was about, and kind of took us to lots of different places. So we we were dancing kind of like in basketball courts in in Canton, um, or or in Roth in people's uh, front uh, like front rooms or whatever. And uh, I was part of just a group of friends who were getting into hip hop. And and for me, like hip hop's always been a four elements thing, you know, like MC, DJ, B-boy, graffiti. Um, 
And we were all into that, like we were teenagers uh, and we were sort of, I had mates who were DJs, be, um, writers, uh, MCs. So we were kind of like in our own little bubble and then, um, you know, started going out to hip hop nights and stuff like that. But slightly before that, we caught wind from a dancing perspective, we caught wind of um, sessions that were on at Kate's Community Centre. So we a few of us went down there and we met 4D. So 4D was still sort of running training sessions there, but there were literally like three, four people um, going there. There was Chuggy, who is a couple of years younger than us, but ahead of his time. Um, 4D is an old school dancer and hip hop head. And he, um, he was kind of our first in real life, mentor to some degree if you if that makes sense and chuggy as well was like you know younger than us but had that he'd been taught by 40 and and he had that like 80s style and 40's got a good style as well like really old school but really precise um and uh you know i also met wildcard one of the original uprock addicts there who was kind of under their wing but already kind of off on his own little dimension um so yeah we Kate's community center was where we first had proper training sessions and they were loose they weren't classes it was like turn up with b-boys learn you know learning set starting out and and getting tips that we could off off 40 um and chuggy and and also just doing our own thing like i think we a lot of us prided originality. It's that old school hip hop approach. You know, it's like originality stands alone. So we um, we were trying our own ideas, and you know, some of that might have worked and might have not. But yeah, that was that was kind of our our intro into the real world of b boying. Dope, dope. You mentioned cutting your teeth around a circle of DJs, rappers, and writers, and I was wondering in what ways did that push your identity from an elemental perspective of competing and having a regional lens of representing? Yeah, so I mean, we were like going out to hip hop nights. We started our own hip hop nights, and um, and a big part of that scene was high learning. Um, I went to the first high learning night. I went to pretty much all the high learning nights for as long as it ran. Maybe I missed like two or three, you know, I reckon. Um, but those those nights were sort of like, they. I think they did their best to make it all elements, you know, like we would always just go and represent on the floor uh, before the kind of main act went on. Um, and, you know, within that scene, me and our, my mates of who were all into hip hop, you know, they would get on the open mic and and sort of learn about, you know, get experience rapping in front of a crowd. Um, you know, some of the boys were were kind of uh, starting starting out as hip hop DJs and were getting gigs here and there and would play warm up sets or main sets at higher learning, you know, throughout the years, um, and you know writing and and b-boying as well um that was kind of where we became part of a bigger community i think and high learning was quite pivotal at that time about bringing a lot of people together you had the guys from like the valleys you know you had knobster nuts and and headcase lads and you had like ralph ripshit and mudmouth and that lot come down from swansea i believe um 
you had like a lot of the other Cardiff heads who were kind of north, south, east, west Cardiff. Um, as a place where a lot of us, where we, we became part of that community and, and met a lot of other heads who were like-minded. Um, and yeah, that was just one of those platforms. There were a couple of other nights as well dotted around um, where we'd hook up with other DJs, people like Money Shot, Jaffa, uh, Killer Tom, um, you know, a few other guys as well. And, and they'd always be like, yo, you're coming down to this night? I'll bring like breaks, you know, I'll bring funk. Um, danceable hip-hop you know like because mm. that was our thing as well you know we were like s- straight into funk you know funk boogie like um you know breaks and classic breaks and and uh as well as hip-hop so they knew to bring like dancing tunes when when we were there which was good that was part of that kind of love uh so yeah th- those sorts of nights basically kind of gave us the opportunity to develop stage presence i guess because when you're b-boying, it's the same as being an MC. Um, you're very much kind of crowd facing. You know, a DJ can kind of quite often hide in the back and just provide like provide the vibes, but with a mask on his over his face. But being a b-boy or being an MC, you're like you're in the crowd. You're sort of face to face, and to do that, you've got to like almost become a character. So I think those sorts of that community and those the opportunity to dance at those nights um gave you that kind of practice to like be in front of a crowd how to react to a crowd how to get them on your side how to like make eye connection how to become a become a character really and 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 then that just then develops you know you you have that development then when you take that outside and you start battling in bristol or or birmingham or wherever and and kind of seeing other people doing the same thing and bouncing off them Speaking of community and speaking of development, coming from a writer's background, do you see any connection between the flow and movement of graph and the flow and form that comes with breaking? And how are you applying it back then as a breaker as well as a writer? Yeah, totally. Totally. It's like, like I said earlier, it's a lot of it was kind of trying to be original. So for me personally, um, and everyone's got their own approach, but I was massively influenced by that early wave of b-boying and graffiti so you know i mentioned wild style and beat street and breakdance mm. one two when it came to graffiti it was like um subway subway art spray can art henry chalfant books martha cooper books um and that early foundation kind of core was the, was the influence for me so for me it was taking that being true to that, but then putting like my twist on it and being original and adding to that, you know, rather than some people kind of ignore that foundation and, and do their own thing. And that's fine. But yeah, for me, it was very rooted in, in essentially eighties hip hop and then nineties hip hop um, and just trying to be original. So both, both writing and b-boying for me were approached in that way um and um yeah trying to take the classic and twist it um and also about flow so you see it in my style of graffiti like there's often like although there's i'm writing five four five letters or whatever there's often lines that start at one end and finish at the other end and run through the whole piece so that's like that flow for me with b-boying was the same it was kind of really 
uh, very often really circular, which is very old school b-boying style, but then trying to just throw in mad angles and like twists and break that kind of that circular flow and throw something in there that kind of, you know, maybe adds to it and, and breaks it up. So yeah, my, like me, my b-boy name is Tumbleweed. So Tumbleweed is like just kind of passing through, like rolling, like breezing on through and 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 um, maybe some sort of like organic narcotics kind of reference in there as well for the time. But I like having other people to bounce off and I'm, I'm, always like happy to help start something and kickstart something and with IAU which is uh it ain't us that was the the early our first writing crew with Teg um that was like me and him just kind of starting something you know coming up with it and starting it and doing it because no one's going to start it for us uh, as soon as I sort of saw that there were other people dancing like I met Wildcard uh, I was dancing with a guy called George, good friend of ours, who's into hip hop. I can't do do see or do cheese that he used to dance under. Um, had a wicked turtle. <laughs> uh, we met Quam. We met um, you know a couple of other of other guys, and it was like, look, there's a few of us here. Let's let's like we're together stronger, you know. Good Welsh motto there, together stronger, and we're like, let's train together, let's do nights together, let's bounce off each other. Uh, and and that kind of gives us a platform to then travel and and or go to nights and and do stuff you know it's it's hard doing that on your own it's kind of for me I'm quite I think quite community orientated so yeah I like to I like to kind of have a posse (laughs) what were some of your strengths together so I think this is my opportunity to kind of maybe name a few people who were probably quite key players in this so um, obviously myself, Wildcard, guy called Tristan, really, really eclectic, really out there, kind of wacky style, a little bit Marmite, you know, a lot of people loved it and hated it, but do you know what? He's a creative genius and, and, um, I loved, I love what he does. Um, you had Kwam, Kwamikaze, um, he'd been a dancer with a couple of like with, uh, Disco Stew, um, and um, that was a, an early Matt Pritchard thing, um, like a stage show. Uh, and he was a wicked dancer, again, totally different style, real natural dancer on his feet, especially. Um, we, there was a guy called McFly from originally from Belgium who stayed, who was in, you know, in uni in Cardiff. Uh, had a guy called Gyro, a guy called uh, Matt. So he was from Bristol, wicked style, like shit hot, um, real like didn't have to do much just looked fresh doing it um you had slamo a little bit later on um again wicked energy me and him connected real well with routines and and doing that sort of stuff together um snipes uh who's also like a a hip-hop dj um jamaican guy uh super strong bodybuilder could do some crazy stuff like on his hands and never come down um yeah who else uh yeah rich roast uh again a bit later on uh also part of um not second to none um uh who's he part of 
yeah, he he started b-boying in uni, so he he went away to uni and came back, and he's an old schoolmate. So Rich Rose was then yeah, a slightly more new school kind of second wave. Um, he'd been taught by a couple of guys, and again, really good style. So you know, I might miss one two people there, but all all these guys had to have different to, totally different styles. Um, we didn't have the same influences that maybe or history actually as a community that some of these bigger towns, bigger cities had like London, whatever. Um, so our strength was, I think that we weren't playing by the rules so much, not that everyone liked that, but we were also just gung ho. We were up for it. We were up for traveling. We were up for battling and, um, and, you know, we didn't really care. So that was kind of, that was a strength. Same with putting in, putting on shows, it's like you go to and see a lot of b-boy crews and they all look the same. They've all been taught by, by the same person or the same small number of people. And quite often like a university around a university, there's b-boying classes or, and they're run by someone and some great dancers will come through those communities or classes, but they'll all look like whoever taught them with us. A lot of us were either, self-taught or taught by different people so um visually even just to stand us all in a line and look at us we all looked different and kind of came from different backgrounds and then when we danced it was the same thing um so that 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 that's that's pretty unique i think at the time for a, for a, for a crew even when we were still very much learning in the early days, we were out dancing in the clubs. So we were getting plenty of like plenty of training. Um, and like I said, we, we went out of our way to train, you know, so Sundays we would make sure we were there. We would use the time we had, we would bounce off each other and it was quite a natural progression. Um, I don't think we had to work very hard to motivate ourselves to do that. I think, we were all pretty motivated to get better. Um, and we were always watching videos and we were always kind of, what's the next event and where are we going to go? We're going out this Friday, you know, this Saturday. Um, nice. So we were just hungry for it. Uh, and it's passion led, you know, and it? it's, it's kind of like that then that sort of went into us improving naturally um, and hooking up with other crews, sometimes going to training sessions in Bristol or, uh, you know, wherever there was a training session, we'd, we'd go drive to it, Gloucester, again, because it's not too far. We'd go up and hook up with those guys and make connections with with our kind of closer neighbours um, and dance with them and go to their nights and they'd come to our nights. Uh, and then that would also lead to people in, in town, like uh, promoters like Al Power, who was, I think, at Maloko first and then Buffalo second, Um and the high learning guys and you know then they'd give us another hip-hop nights they would kind of give us opportunities and say oh look we like what you're doing come and do shows so we'd be doing going out and doing shows for like 15 20 quid a head or whatever to start off with and, and just rocking up and dancing basically you know some free beer a couple of quid and um rock a crowd for 45 minutes a half hour whatever and then just enjoy the night uh so that then just led on to a little bit like thinking about it in a little bit more of a structured way. Um, so those shows initially are just like us rocking up, 
dancing, doing our own thing, coming up with routines. So between two of us, we might just work together, do work out a routine, some kind of wacky, crazy thing. Like me and Slamo used to do a lot of that. And me and Tristan Wildcard used to do a lot of that. And some of the other boys would. Um, so there you're just kind of bending your creativity more. You're trying new things. You're like bouncing off each other more. And you're learning each other's moves in a way which just expands your world a little bit. Um, and gives you that influence that maybe takes you on a little different direction. Um, and then that obviously leads to bigger kind of structures and shows and then getting um, getting opportunities for a theatre or, um, I mean, we did some stuff with Charlie Barber. We did stuff, for, you know, various TV programmes, um, you know, Welsh language stuff, um, because we were like the only guys doing it, especially in Wales. I think there were a couple of crews like the Newbridge, there was a crew from Newbridge that um, H2O that kind of then came, you know, throughout that period at some point. Um, right. But there wasn't many people doing it. So we had a lot of a lot of opportunities which made us think outside the box, um, which is which I think is adds to it. You know, it makes you challenges you. And for me, I quite like that. I like that theatrical aspect to it. Like I mentioned about becoming a character. Um, I quite like that sort of uh that approach you know I worked with the circus for for um a couple of years touring with them and you know that was more character development on stage uh, as well as dancing so um yeah it's all all pretty natural progression really it was it was all from the heart <laughs> let's talk about the music who would have been some of the artists and what would have been some of those records informing your language creatively as a b-boy back then so a lot of funk, like a lot of hip hop, a lot of funk, um, like classic breaks, you know. I mean, I you you'd have sort of like all the Jimmy Caster stuff and like uh, you know, Apache and you know, a lot of people would go like the Mexican and uh, you know this you like bum 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 bum. Uh, yeah classic breaks all the way classic. and then dance danceable hip-hop as well so it was less like I mean we listened to a lot of like UK hip-hop and um, you know loads of stuff I mean of the American hip-hop and especially the 90s hip-hop was really strong uh, but then any danceable hip-hop then was was we were all over that, you know, um, and a lot of those like guns shooting I made you look like we would act that out you know, so I'm battling like that's what that's what dancing was for us as well. It was interpreting the music. It wasn't just set moves. So we learn and we train set moves uh, and we learn and we train all this stuff and like um, combinations and ways to link move A to move B uh, and keep that constant flow primarily it is dancing to the music and this is where a lot of b-boys even now and especially back then fell short it was like doesn't matter what music's playing you go up you do the same like four steps on your feet you drop you do a windmill or you do the same like six step and then you do a freeze but none of it's on beat so for me it's like that's not b-boying b-boying is listening to the music and interpreting it and yes you're kind of you have a repertoire and like you have ammunition that you've trained over and over and over and over again and dialed in, but you have to interpret that to the music. So when that gun shoot in, I made you look, that's coming on in the middle of the record, bang, I'm like on my knees pulling out my AK or like my shotgun, 
I made you look and then straight back into it, you know. Um, and when those kind of stabs and those punches come in, like you're hitting those freezes on the eight or whatever, you know, and and it's um yeah, you drop on the break and interpret the music. And that's 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 what it's about. That's what b-boying is about. And that's I think what a lot of a lot of us were all pretty good at as well. Joining us next, without question, to this day, he's remained the one to start a breaking cipher at any hip-hop event or show, with an unmatched enthusiasm and love for the form. Kwam Chan, a.k.a. Kwamikaze. Hi guys, uh, Kwam here, or also known as B-Boy Kwamikaze. Um, I guess I started Back in breaking, back in the early eighties, when when I was a bit crazy, when I was a kid, um, I think I got got into it very very late, just as as it was just about to to finish. So when I all died, um, I kind of stopped, but I, I really didn't do much with it at the time, as I was still a kid. Only did a little bit of it with a few friends, um. I guess I started back again when um the late nineties when I first picked up the um no sorry um when sorry right when I started clubbing well back in about early nineties when I was clubbing with the boys and funny enough the first club I started was the Club Metro which is actually a rock club. But they 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 did actually play uh, hip hop and dance, and uh, one of the boys kind of threw down, and um, I thought, oh, I saw him threw down, so I thought I jumped in and threw down, and then basically ever since then I got back into start back into breaking again. But at the time I was only um, breaking when um, when when we went out, there wasn't like practicing or anything until uh, about ninety six, I think, when Run DMC Jason Evans video came out. And I, yeah, and I also picked up um, uh, a video of um, breakdance championships, championships, and then once I saw that, I just kind of just watched those videos over and over and just uh, start practicing. Being a kid in those earlier years, learning how to breakdance for the first time, do you think that? Breaking helped you to process your feelings in a way that back then you might not have been able to process up until that point of discovery. I probably at, at then probably not because like let's say I was still young, just a kid, you know. You just like see things, you just do things, and you well thinking about anything, you know. You just did it. I I think I'm always see something on TV or videos, movies. I've always want to know what to have a go, and then basically yeah. after breaking after breaking stopped. I watched the uh, Back to the Future and then I uh, gone to skateboarding. Ah, so yeah. you okay? So you fall into the skating culture side of it as well. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and kind of skating kind of got me linked back into uh, hip hop as well because, like, like I said, when I stopped, when I started clubbing, it was actually with all the boys that I skated with. And also, yeah, and also, few of the boys you you might you might even know this. I'm sure you you will know the Hustle Nights. Of course, in, of course. In the Welsh Club, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, a few of the boys were actually skaters. 
and they um they had a skate uh they had a hustle shop which sell uh skate clothing and hip hop records and they also run hip hop nights and then I think that's where I probably met all the hip hop heads like you know Forty Jaffa Dregs yourself you know yeah 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 going back do you remember the first time you felt I guess wowed by a routine or the breaker who threw that routine down where were you and what was that moment like? Yeah, um, I guess on video was the breakdance movies. I can't specifically say one, but I think the one that stand stand out was the um the breaking ball on uh, Beach Street. That was I think that's my first one. Because even when I started back breaking, I got that video again and I had to watch that video over and over. Even like before I having nights out, like before I go to hustler or something, have a few beers, I would watch that battle and then I would go off and enter the club. So yeah, I would guess we would be that. Back in the 80s, um, when I first started at the time, I um my my parents had a takeaway. Um like we didn't have a living room. Like we had three bedrooms upstairs and we had a takeaway shop downstairs and, had, and we always like hang around the kitchen. We had like um a video recorder and a TV. And when breaking ever came on um TV. I would try and record it, you know, whether it's on news, on the music videos and stuff like that. And um, when the shop closes, I, I made a bit of cardboard and I would take it to the front of the shop when it's all closed, put the blinds down, put my little get a blaster on and I will uh, have a little practice. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Do you think your parents understood the value of what it was you were being wrapped up in? No, no, they wouldn't. No, even though, like I said, at that time, myself, I... I didn't didn't know. So yeah. no, I don't think they did know. So give me a sense of what practice was like during those foundational days and what was it that you learned from the breakers around you in the beginning? Oh, I think oh only time I learned is like like I say watching videos. I never really danced with any uh, um other dancers. It's like I work in my pen shop at a time, so I come from from school, have my food. And like all I had time for myself is like for two hours. So I just like stay at home. And like I said, I would watch a video in the kitchen. I would run to the front of the shop. I would practice, mm. you know. So um, I just, I can't say specific moves. And like I said, it's so long ago. I can't remember what, what they were. Of and I just basically, whatever I saw on TV, I try and rewind it back, watch it over and over and try and learn that move, I guess. My life for about 20 odd years was literally dance was, um, I was revolved in dance. You know, I was, um, I was training, I was teaching, um, I was out dancing. We were like going around UK or um, doing jams and battles. Yeah, just, just I guess the music, big party, when you hear the music, you just want to get, get in there and just dance. It speaks to you, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. What were you listening to back then in the beginning? Oh, God. Um, it was all, all the electro mixtapes, I guess. And um, feel the the, move, the breakdance movie soundtrack. Um, ooh, I think we're in DMC, Ella Crew J. Uh, basically, whatever hip-hop I can get, get hold of at the time as well. 
and what what a sound good to, to dance to. Yeah, yeah. yeah you talked yeah. about traveling across the UK. How much yeah. do you think traveling has played a part in your influences? Oh, there's a lot. When you see when you go around the UK, you see other dancers. You know, each one had their own styles, and you just seen a lot of stuff that you never seen before. It's it's really eyes opening as well. Is 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 very in some way the battles are very serious. I do find, but with me, I've always everything I've done, I've always done it for fun. I never took it serious, so I've, I guess I never got it anywhere with it. Seriously, in competition wise, but I I also started quite late. Like I said, um, back in the early nineties. You know, I was 1920 then when I started going to clubbing. I didn't really start practicing or get back into breaking until about late 90s. And that's like I know, almost 30 by then. What was your style like in those earliest days? Cool. When I look back now, if I look back some of you, I have to think, oh, it's very basic. Really? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Why is that? What was basic, um, in your opinion? It's... it's just, I guess I just doing a basic foundation moves. wasn't like anything technical or anything original. I guess only after the nineties when I watched, start watching more and more like um, DVDs, videos, and you just see all of these dances around around the world. And then when YouTube came along as well, all that helped. And that's when I think I guess that's when I progress more and start like making up my own style, my own moves, you know coming into your own you're also yeah. coming into your own when you join the group man child <laughs> yeah 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 last last yeah last last one um there was a guy i think he worked in um student union when um when we used to go there for the hustle night when i first started started there and he came up to, actually he came up to me and jaffa he said um oh we're doing a show in the, the big weekend in cardiff and i said do you want to dance on it so oh okay originally it just went off uh so um me jaffo turned up got ourselves ready they they give me this air horn and um and when we came on in i was just i was a buzz seeing everyone dancing and i just running around with the air horn and it just jumping back for breaking between me and um you know jaffa and then after that they, they said do you want to do more more shows with us and then at the time, I think they didn't know Jaffa was a DJ, but when they did, they asked him to be a DJ instead. And then I just carried on as the dancer. And we went touring to all the festivals, even though I'd never done any, been to a festival before that. And literally for like two years, we went to every single festival. And like wow. I was work, working at the time, me and Jaffa were still working. <laughs> and like we would finish work early, and we would jump in a van, we'd go to... Um, the, the venue did a sound check. We did our show, and then literally get back with three, four in the morning, and then we have to go two hours seat back to work as normal. And we did that for for about two years. But it's good fun though. It's absolutely, yeah, absolutely amazing fun though. Yeah, it was a buzz. What festivals did you do? Oh Christ! Um, Glastonbury B festivals. Um. Uh, quite a few dance uh, dance um, festivals. Um, oh, what other ones are there? Um, it's quite a few, but I, I can't remember them all. We also did acted did a few in um, Europe as well, in Berlin, I think. Oh. Um, Slovakia. Oh, <clears throat> I can't pronounce the name. Some foreign country. I was 
that was a massive, massive gig. We done this literally like thousands of people. We we were on, on stage before Muse. They were the headliners. You also did Reading. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Reading's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, all of them, all whichever ones I was in the UK at the time. This is like ninety nine to two thousand, I think. Yeah, basically whatever festivals I was going around those two years, we did them all. I'm a son, and we did other gigs in between, in between them as well. So yes, that's the best. What is it that makes the breaking scene in Wales so unique and different from any other scene and community overseas? Um, what do you think is so different here versus anywhere else? Uh, I guess each each place has their own style. Um, like I think a lot of us has come come from like um, the background, uh, you know, the the foundation background. I don't like other. Um, I guess other countries they they more already more progressed than we are. I think we are a little behind at the time, because like, like I say, like for me, it's like I had no one to to look up to or or see or to watch, to learn the breaking, you know, from the beginning. So like I say, I've always gone back to the foundation, and then try and learn stuff myself, and no one really taught me. You no, know, I was self taught, and then I was t I was teaching others, and then like like. Basically, go back to jams and competitions, and when we have to when we travel, I guess we learn stuff from watching the other guys do their stuff, and then we kind of bring it back and then kind of turn our own. Can you talk about this importance of very much a loving community to your achievement? How has that reflected your journey? Being around such a supportive community and unit how much are you driven by the local scene when you're dancing i guess at the time there wasn't that many of us that's my age was breaking they everyone's obviously younger um they they i can see they are a lot lot more drive than i did at the time so i, I was i was too too much uh, loving partying on weekends as well and then trying to go training and i said i did a lot of teaching as well and like so it was really hard to find time for myself so, yeah. So I guess a lot, lot of it is always watching, watching something new on um, new battles on videos and DVDs. Every time I see something new, some new craze going on, and, and I love it. Oh, when the Koreans was on the scene, it just blew my mind. They were so different. They were so on a different level. When I saw them, I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's unreal. Looking back. Do you think that you could have ever predicted the impact that you'd make on the scene all of these years later? No, I guess not. Like I say, I just uh, I was just doing my thing, you know, no therefore about anything like that. Um, but but it's great to know that you know, just passing my stuff on to the youngsters, like. So yeah. Is there a key to staying in the game for as long as you have? Um. I don't know. It's just like I said, I'm just the type of person when I love doing something, I just keep doing it and doing it. You know, even like same back in skateboarding, you know. Um every day I just want to go to skate. Um like dancing, I every day I just want to dance, you know. I just live like um I did move into Cardiff to about early two thousand. Uh, so 
back then, I was still have a little practice at home, and then um, same again. This came back to skating. A few of the skaters, we got into skating with a few of the boys like Bryce, um, Tristan, and all that. And uh, we also didn't realize at the time Fordy had a a class in Cates Cates Community Centre. When we found out, we turned up and um, yeah, we just start training with Fordy and all that down here. With, with some of his guys and you know he's he was training some of the youngsters as well and then we would dance start dancing with some of them so it was yeah it was good to see yes yeah, quite a few youngsters there like it's like chuggy lee you've been described by so many people as one of the most generous if not most generous breakers in wales what do you think you've learned about navigating a breaking circuit and sharing a creative space and dancing with people with multiple different styles across wales and the world um yeah, I guess I just, just like like to pass it on, like to help people out, you know, they want to learn. I just want yeah, just even um like I said when I first um moved to Cardiff, there was no classes, no um was so many training sessions and I trained um I knew some people from the university and I asked who worked there. I asked them if I could have space and uh, I try and teach people and now we had a little training session going on there um i i just i guess i like to see the, the breaking scene ex- expand i guess but i wasn't was a, a plan but i was just happy to you know to, 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 to do so like yeah what about the next generation what advice would you give to the next generation of breakers Ooh. just starting out and finding their feet i would say Get your foundations. Um, ma- yeah, basically, it's basically massive, massive foundation. It does help a lot. Once you once you get that, and everything will just come along. Don't just like go straight to everything that's the hardest move going. Just get your foundation right. Get that, get that mastered, and um, everything will come. Like stay, you know, stay trying to stay unique. Try not to copy everyone else. Try and try and create your own. You know, everyone will come. 